God is speaking. He is communicating with us every day if we will listen. And our guest today believes that he does that through his written word, of course, the Bible. But he's also communicating in other ways. In 2010, he wrote a book titled The Day Metallica Came to Church, which was about hearing God's voice through pop culture. In 2017, he came on this program and talked with us about Every Job a Parable, which was about experiencing God's presence at work. Today, we're going to look at the truth that God speaks science. How does creation, the created order, deoxyribonucleic acid, the Alps, supernovae, and all we observe in the world, how does that communicate to us? And are we listening? Are we looking? On Facebook, I ask this question, and a hundred or more have responded so far. What part of God's creation makes you marvel when you see it? Our guest says that that's what God wants us to do, to marvel, to wonder. So we're going to talk about that at the Radio Backyard Fence today. This is Chris Fabry Live. Thanks to our friends behind the glass, Ryan McConaughey doing all things technical. Trish is in the chair today. Our producer, Lynn, will be answering your calls. Real quick note before we begin. I began waiting. I have been waiting for three years. I began about three years ago waiting. (laughs) And I began writing something three years ago. And today I hold in my hands a novel titled Saving Grace. And it releases today. This morning, Tom and Tobby in Chattanooga said, hey, Chris, what email do you hope you get when somebody reads this? Well, I got that email. A man in Michigan named Chris said that he knew when he picked up an advanced copy of it that it was going to be hard to read because of the dementia in his family. And he said, once I started, I couldn't lay it down. One night I read well into the night because I had to know what was going to happen to Grayson. And then he wrote, thank you for taking on the topic with such sensitivity. And he mentions that he liked the story, that the story was told from Grayson's point of view. So when you read Saving Grace and not if, (laughs) when, when you read it, you will be entering into the realm of unreliability, an unreliable narrator. You are carried along by someone you're not sure you can trust. And he is being led by a central question in his life. Can God forgive the sins I can't remember? So it's available. This is release day. But here's our offer. Here's the good news. Give a gift of any size to Chris Fabry Live to support what we do. And you're going to go on that journey with Grayson and his wife, Lottie, and uh, Pooch, his friend from a long time ago, and even a dog named DeBose. I hope you'll go on the journey. You can give at chrisfabrylive.org. Scroll down, see how you can be a friend or partner with us right there. And if you are a partner, by the way, you should have gotten an email today. It goes out today. And uh, respond to that. We'll send you a copy if you give a gift each month. Uh, go to chrisfabrylive.org. Or here's the number, 866-95-FABRY, 866-953-2279. So you'll be supporting us uh, at the back fence, and you'll engage with a story from my heart this month. Thanks for your support. John Van Sloten is a Calgary-based writer, teacher, and pastor who's passionate about helping people engage God everywhere. Over the past 10 years, he's preached dozens of creation-slash-Bible-based sermons on topics like radiation therapy, DNA repair mechanisms, river hydrology, chemical catalysts, 
Tree Branches, Human Knees, and the Giant Squid. He's a regular columnist with the Calgary Herald. And I told you about his books, Every Job a Parable, The Day Metallica Came to Church. His latest is God Speaks Science, What Neurons, Giant Squid, and Supernovae Reveal About Our Creator. John, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm good, Chris. Thank you for having me on again. Um, this is your thing. You you look at the way God speaks, whether it's in pop culture, whether it's at your job, or now science. This is your niche. Is that right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know that I started into the ministry in this second calling in my life thinking I would have a particular niche like this. But the way uh, the Spirit moved um, and and kind of reintroduced um, biblical texts about the nature of creation and who's behind it all, and uh, especially uh, the sort of Jesus-centric part of the creation narrative. Um, when that started to become clear, um, I started to look for him and listen for for his voice everywhere. I mean, I grew up in a church and, uh, you know, I've heard all the sermons about all the New Testament texts, but I've never had passages like John chapter 1 and Colossians chapter 1 and Hebrews chapter 1, all these chapter 1s pointing to the fact that everything was made in, through, and for Christ and is now held together in Christ. All things, I mean, if, if that really is true and for any Christian believer, this is what the Bible teaches, then why haven't I been listening for his voice everywhere? Yes. So yeah, the same idea in all of the books, but this time uh, a very long look into the nature of nature and creation and the cosmos and, and the cultural product of science and the image-bearing nature of scientists themselves. But everybody who writes something like this has a voice, you know, an accusing voice that says something like, you're not a scientist. Why are you don't have advanced <laughs> degrees in it? How did you get past that uh, nagging voice back there? Yeah, um, I've done many interviews where they've celebrated the fact, and he's not a scientist. So you can read this book. It's not going to be like that, right? Because like, I, I, I'm like most people, right? People driving in their cars right now, right? They took the science courses in high school, and maybe some took a few in, in college or university if they went there. But, but yeah, not my thing. Not naturally, empirically minded, I would say. I'm, I'm, I'm much, mo much more creative. and. Hello. That's the first time I've ever heard. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard your phone talk to a guest on the on the program while we're talking. <laughs> that and that that right there is God speaking science because we've gotten yeah, into go. the you know <laughs> That's the that's the epitome of where we've gone with technology is that it listens to not not only listens to us it talks back to us right yeah there you go was that okay hold on was that on my side or your side you're telling I think me that was, was on my side I think it was on your side but oh you know, my goodness I, I think I have my phone is off but regardless okay. uh, getting back not a scientist so so while this book you know talks to and it does each chapter has a foreword written by a real world scientist who helped me um in in researching the particular topic that the the chapter looks at so it's good science it's solid science it has sciences imprimatur but it's written by a pastor who's not 
a scientist trying to figure out how science can help me and, and now help us. This is kind of like a field guide for how science can help us discern and read God's wisdom embedded in creation. Yes. So, um, yeah, don't be intimidated by the science. Be uh, inspired by the thought that there are maybe some things you can learn about the scriptures and, and learn through science that will help you know God more. Yes. You asked about my driver. My driver is, I want to know him more. And if everything that is was made in and through the mind of Jesus, then I want to look at his wisdom in trees and in supernovae and in DNA repair and in all the beautiful things that science is unpacking for us. You write, when scientists attend to creation, they're listening to how Christ thinks. That's from the book, God Speaks Science. What neurons, giant squid, and supernovae reveal about our created. It's our featured resource. If you go to chrisfabrylive.org, click through today's information. You'll see it right there, chrisfabrylive.org. And I'm going to open up the phones today, too. If you listen to John and what he has to say, there's something that's maybe we'll talk about radiation and you'll think, oh, I got to get in on this. 877-548-3675 is our number. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. guest today at the Radio Backyard Fence says, growing up, he didn't hear any message from the pulpit about a knee, a tree, or giant squid. Why is that? And maybe in the future, you will hear messages like that. God Speaks Science is written by John Van Sloten, S-L-O-T-E-N. And if you want to join in with us, give us a call today. Answer the question on Facebook. I'll read you some of these, John, because they're really really good about about nature and, and what they see, you know, what makes me uh, be in awe or wonder. But I want to give you a quote from the book because this is, I think this gets us down to the place where you want us to, want us to be today. And you say, a scientist's gratification in discovering a pattern is connected to God's gratification in creating that pattern. The rational satisfaction of understanding how something works is akin to the rational satisfaction of having made that thing work. Unpack that for me. Johannes Kepler, uh, 16th century uh, physicist, uh, astronomer, philosopher, said uh, in doing his work, he thought he was thinking God's thoughts after God. And that's what inspired uh, the words that you just read so yeah, we're, <clears throat> there isn't a person who's listening who hasn't experienced awe and wonder at, uh, at a mountain, at the Grand Canyon, at a sunrise, at the beauty of a plant um, or a child, and, and made connections, uh, hopefully made connections to uh, God. God made that. Wow. And that's cool. Christians, I think, have done that well for a long time. Um, but what you just read is, is going up the next step into it. Okay, why as a person who just loves the pattern of those sunflower seeds on that sunflower plant or 
or the the way things all work together um, in in a beautiful interdependent community and an ecosystem, uh, and how perfect that is. Why are we um, so attracted to that? And if we believe our Creator, uh, creation by a triune interdependent God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, was the creative force and energy and wisdom through which an ecosystem, say, came to be, then it's not you're not too far away from realizing that what you're attracted to and what caught your attention is on the in, in its inception, something that God thought up. Everything that is was a thought in the mind of God before it ever came to be. Um, and so then you make that connection, that pattern that you like is a pattern that was enjoyed in the creation of the pattern, mm. uh, was delighted in, God saw that it was good. <laughs> um, you put those together and then uh, maybe a conversation happens. Okay, I want to know more about the nature of that ecosystem and how this interdependence plays out there so that I can maybe know more about your interdependent mind, Lord, and how it works, you know, this, yes. what theologians call perichoresis, this loving relationship of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, just serving and supporting each other and listening and speaking. Um, how, how, how is the Trinity, the reality of the Trinity reflected in the reality of interdependence in mm. the ecosystem? And then you, you start to have that conversation, and hopefully by the Spirit, uh, Bible passages come to mind about interdependence, like maybe a parable, a creation parable. How many did Jesus tell, right? But a creation parable, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And if you interdependently remain in me, the word isn't there in the text, of course, but, and you bring that verse or that parable or the parable of a seed, or the parable of a sower, or the parable of a farmer, or the into conversation with God's revelation and creation. A beautiful co-illumining, you're, you're the Lord of all of this, Lord. You're the Lord of those trees and of that thing I'm looking at, and of science and of my life. This, this sense of the Lordship of Christ over everything. Uh, in the best of times can hit you. And yeah, I really do believe the the pattern is his. <laughs> it's part of a world that belongs to God, the psalmist says in Psalm 24. And and if we look and learn to look, and you know, in the book, I think this book, uh, I had to write it because I just spent 10 or 12 years learning how to see um, hmm. him in creation and, and wanted to share that. So maybe it can help others. Um, and, you know, it only addresses maybe 40 or 50 things in creation in, in its wholeness in the book. But once you get the idea uh, theologically and, and what it means to see differently and to listen differently and to wear your scriptures, the Bible, like a pair of glasses, because then Calvin writes, John Calvin writes, you can see clearly, more clearly, God's revelation in creation. You get theological permission, and you get imaginative permission, and the spirit starts to move. Um, then maybe we end up with a life that knows of God through the Bible, first and foremost, but then through that knowledge fills our lives with revelation. 
Yes. So maybe some of your listeners are stressed over a family thing or a financial thing or, or a health thing. Um, to know that Christ is holding the cosmos, the universe, together right now. Our planet is turning on its axis faithfully, orbiting our sun faithfully, um, our solar system moving through the galaxy and then the galaxy through the universe, and it's all held together faithfully. Knowing that as a really from the mind of Christ thing, there can be comfort and, and, and peace and okay. I mean, you still have to face it, but if, if in the book of Jeremiah, uh, God says through the prophet, uh, if, if, if everything in the, in chapters 31 and 33, I think, if, if, it, if everything in creation falls apart, then my covenant with you will fall mm -hmm. apart. If you can get to the end and the depth and the width of the magnitude of the cosmos, well, then you can consider that or think that I might reject you, i.e. I'll never reject you because look at the universe. Yes. So it's, it's within the book of Jeremiah, God is saying, creation is my witness that I am faithful and can be trusted and I'm holding all of this and I'm holding you. Mm. So Your you life hope... is surrounded by parables. So you want us, you want the light to come on, to have that, oh, so, so that's what it, how it works, or that's what happens like a scientist would figure something out that God did. You know, the best that we can do is figure out how he did what he did, you know, from our puny human minds, at least, we can figure things out. But you want us to go that, that next step, and in each chapter, you have a practice and for example, the one that I, I copied here was the next time a scientific truth catches your attention via the news, through your work, or in your studies, stop and take note of how it makes you feel. Write that feeling down and how it makes you feel more yourself. If God made you to become more yourself as you come to know him, then revelation through creation should help you know yourself more. So mm -hmm. can you give me an example of, of something that you know, that happened to you and you wrote it down and how it made you feel. When uh, the image from the Cassini, NASA's Cassini space probe uh, was first published, which was a photo from the space probe through and just past the rings of Saturn, looking out at what appeared to be a black star-filled sky, but there was a little arrow in the photo pointing to where Earth was, which was a speck in the, in the far-off distance. When I, I saw that image, um, and Psalm 8 came to mind, you know, who, who are we that you are mindful of us, Lord? And yet, <laughs> you've made us a little lower than angels. It, that particular text, said those words, I've read Psalm 8 so many times, but it was as though the image was giving me a creational perspective or, or a snapshot or a photo of what those words uh, feel like. Like, here we are, uh, a little lower than angels. We can send space probes out to the edge of Saturn and way beyond now and take these photos and, and see the, the smallness of our little planet and the smallness of our temporal place, uh, our mere mortal place on this planet, who, who are human beings that you're mindful of them and yet, and, and that and yet, and, and our smallness in the universe, we're held together in a photo. Um, 
and yeah, the, the, those the, the the psalm was talking in my imagination to the image and my the image to the psalm, and and now they're forever kind of connected for me. So I'll see space images of wide arrays of galaxies from the new Kepler James uh, the the new uh, James Webb telescope or mm. or other images, and and yeah, the same kind of sense. Um, that yeah, you have something to do with that, and and then sometimes particular Bible verses will connect. That's when it's the best. You can be in awe about God and creation, but when it when it connects to particular passages in what seem like like perfect ways, that's that's where I really get this sense of Christ's lordship over it all. I mean, I God. could give you, I could give you a whole book full of examples, yes. Chris. But, well, that's why you've it's, written it's, the book, right? <laughs> right, um, and and the idea with the practices, Chris, is that that people can, they you can do this, right? You can read a book right. and go, oh, that's cool, and have those sort of creational parables populating your imagination. But the idea is, it's a field guide. It'll help you learn how to do it for yourself, which I think God. is what God wants. God Speaks Science is the title, What Neurons, Giant Squid, and Supernovae Reveal About Our Creator. It's our featured resource today. John Van Sloten is with us. You can find out more about him at the website. I want to go to uh, Indiana. William is on the line. William, why'd you call today? Yes, I was wanting to uh, share what completely astonishes me about the creation that God created. And it's what he created on day two, the firmament. Because on day one, three, four, five, and six, he created multiple things. But on the second day, he created the firmament. And it took him all day to create it. And what's really astonishing for me is for what it says in the Bible, that it separates the waters that are above the firmament from the waters that are below the firmament. And if you go a little bit further in Genesis 1, it says in verses, what, let me see here, for 15, 16, 17, that God said that God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, which is the sun, and the lesser light, which is the moon. And he made the stars also. And then in 17, it says that he set them inside the firmament. And the psalmist David in Psalms 19, it says that the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows the handiwork of God. And to create this one thing in one day of him, of, of him it's massive. It's completely mind-blowing for me. And that he made the, the lights in the firmament for signs, for seasons, and to tell us time and everything, which keeps everything in order. So for me, yes, the firmament that he created in Genesis 1, day 2, is the most astonishing thing for me. And I wanted to share that with you, Chris. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, the scope of it, just the how vast it is. And I feel the same way when I stand near a body of water. You could, it, this can happen at a river or Lake Michigan or some other lake. But if you stand next to the ocean and you just feel how small. And then to look at out at the firmament like, uh, like you're talking about, William, thank you. Your reaction to that, John? I was thinking as William was sharing uh, of the passages in creation where, uh, where God separates the land from the sea and you you reference the seashore and the banks of rivers right 
and this idea of this far and no further. So the chaos of, of the sea in, in that account kind of being held to a, uh, a border, a boundary, and land where there's no threat of the sea uh, the, most of the time, um, being in a safer, more kept place. And uh, I had, uh, we had a neuroscientist in our church who uh, made a big discovery about a neural stress-reducing mechanism in the human brain um, that scientists had thought about for a, a century, but she uh, was the one who ended up seeing it for the first time and uncovering or discovering it. And uh, this mechanism, when your neurons start to go crazy in its chaos, um, it automatically kicks in without your free will, without any decision on your part. Uh, you couldn't worry it into starting, but it automatically kicks in and it turns down the volume of neural communication and gives you a, a kind of neural Sabbath um, and says to the uh, chaotic neural activity this far and no more, <laughs> but it's just built into how our brains operate. Um, so yes to the firmament that is the stars and the sky and the sea, um, but also to what makes up the firmament, firmament between our, our own ears, right? This, yes. this, this universe of neural activity that most scientists who are neuroscientists say we're never gonna get to the end of it. So there's kind of infinity in the cosmos, there's infinity, infinitesimal infinity in terms of the details that and the way the workings of things uh, in our brains and everything that is really is fascinating anywhere everywhere you look i think it was rich mullins everywhere i go i see you everywhere you look you can see god god speaks science is written by john van sloten our guest today here's the number 877-548-3675 more straight ahead Have you ever looked into the face of a newborn baby and just felt this awe of, that is amazing. Just yesterday, or 10 minutes ago, <laughs> that was in the womb of the mother, and now we are holding this child. We're looking into the eye. I've, I've had this happen several times in my life, and every time it was just, it blew me away. It sends you to your knees. I've been telling you for a few months now about the work of CareNet. There is a, something like a, a 1,200 affiliated pregnancy centers around the country where these heroes, and you don't know their names, they're not uh, on the evening news, you don't hear about them, but they are people who are helping men and women every day who have an unplanned pregnancy and don't know how to move forward and might choose something else, but have decided to go ahead and have that miracle of God, uh, the baby. There are pregnancy centers around the country right now. There are people staffing and, and helping out. There's something like more than a million babies have been saved through the work of CareNet since 2008. And then you do the exponential work of the men and the women whose lives have been impacted by those children, whether they are parents, parenting them or adopting them, 
And then all the pregnancy tests and all the ultrasounds that are free and the decision coaching and the options counseling and the support and the parenting education, that all happens with CareNet. Click that green button when you go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org. You'll see more about what they do and how you can come alongside them as well. At CareNet, click the green button at chrisfabrylive.org. John Van Sloten is with us. God Speaks Science is our featured resource. A number of people said that, John, on our Facebook page. When I see a newborn baby, that's exactly it. So you're talking about going from the macro to the micro. A baby shows us the creativity of God, right? A baby shows us the creativity of God in so many ways. And so uh, the creativity of God in terms of creating a system within the female body that would enable all of the hormones to be released at just the right time and just the right way so that an egg is dropped so that fertilization can occur and this little baby can come into being um, in its inception, in its conception. Um, the miracle of that biological system. I just uh, interviewed an endocrinologist uh, with a, f- a female theologian, and I interviewed him about the nature of that system and how it miraculously images the mind and pattern of God's thinking. And then the baby's capacity to hear and how the human ear is able to take vibrations and turn them through little bones into liquid dynamics, which then is transitioned into electrical signals and then the baby's knees right these beautiful biomechanical gifts that enable will enable them to one day crawl and dance and play and do all the amazing things knees can do and the baby's dna repair mechanisms already in that young body repairing the dna of, of cells as they reproduce trillions of times per second and the brain in a baby uh, learning at a rate that will never be matched again in the rest yes. of that baby's life Life. Um, the baby learning language as a toddler as it grows up and how they learn language and how that is very much like how when when we teach kids how to talk it's it's very much like an incarnational activity we simplify our words to meet the child where it's it's at he or she is at so that they can learn a word all of it a pointer to the wisdom of christ so yeah a baby cute (laughs) our baby god's Mm. child god's good creation but scientists just in my mind gives you so much more baby to be awed by if you uh, if you start to think of those things those few things i've mentioned well cheryl says watching a child grow in the womb then holding at birth watching babies watch you how fast they learn which was exactly what you just said she Mm. said all of god's creation makes me marvel yet a baby makes me want to just stop and hold on to those moments so, Cheryl, thank you for responding there. But this, this also then, we haven't asked this question yet. This also brings in the point, though, of where we can, um, where we can question science, where the, where the believer may come up against scientific, uh, what is you know, consensus or what they consider fact— how can all of this that we see be by chance? How can it be it, just this bumping into that? There has to be a design here. 
Um, and then those medical professionals who would say that, yeah, you know, the, this this blob of tissue here is not really, you know, you you can go ahead and terminate, and they'll use all kinds of different words for that. But they'll say that, yeah, you're you're not really taking a human life when you do this, and so th- that brings up the question of there's a lot of scientific thought that goes against what we believe of what the, what the scripture teaches us how do i how do i hold both of those in my head when i'm thinking about it you'll notice in my book that i do not talk about questions of conflict of origins or morals or ethics um a lot of what you're you're kind of nudging uh, us toward right now and i do that quite intentionally um because I think basic science, doing the work, the work of science, and only the work of science, not falling into uh, its uh, philosophical or, or ethical take on everything. Um, I think science steps out of its lane when it does that. Um, it's called scientism in, in the theological world. Um, but the basic science, um, all, it, all it does is tell us how things work and, and, and what they are. Um, I think you can separate those two things. And so where science steps out of its lane and falls into scientism and starts to make moral or ethical calls or, uh, or, or, or say things that it really has no authority to say, uh, Richard Dawkins, right, uh, you know, a real scientist, empirical thinker, saying there is no God. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, that's the worst scientific statement ever, because any scientist uh, uh, of worth would say, well, we can't, we, had, we don't have data, we can't prove there is no God, we can't prove there is a God. Um, but at least science should be agnostic about whether there's a God. So, so there's a difference between scientism and, and basic science. And second thought that comes to mind is... Um, I mean, there are complicated decisions. Some are much clearer. Some are more complicated. And we do have to make choices as a human society about, you know, whether we adopt new technologies and what are the repercussions of that, et cetera, et cetera. But, but I, have, I am of the belief that to the extent that we can engage God's revelation through the thing that we're looking at and know God through the nature of of modern technologies or or the human bi- body or biologies um, that that engaging those things as as a sort of creational text and knowing god through that thing will give us more with which to choose and more wisdom out of which to decide and yeah i don't think it's going to be uh, utopian and, and we're not going to make mistakes in terms of how we steward creation but if we're close to the God who made creation for a certain thing and are experiencing the mind of Christ as we uh, engage that thing, then I think maybe we'll be a little closer to Christ in terms of choosing yes. how we're going to steward that thing. So let's get down to specifics then, because you mentioned this a minute ago, and I, I'm, you know, we could, we could go anywhere. We could go to DNA. We could go to, you know, in the animal kingdom. But I want you to talk about knees. Why, why are knees so amazing to you um yeah knees are actually the weakest joint in the body in terms of bony structure i learned from an orthopedic surgeon who repairs knees. okay i think we just we just uh 
God speaks science, but John isn't speaking to us right now through our technology. Isn't technology great, though? I mean, he's in, he's in Canada, he's in Calgary, and we're having this conversation just like we're sitting next to each other. Isn't it? It's just, it always blows my mind. And it's, you know, it's going up to the satellite and it's coming down to wherever you are today listening to it. That's, that's always uh, made me just, that's amazed me. That, the, that we can harness that kind of technology. And yet, when it doesn't work, then we got to do something else. So I'll tell you what, why don't we take a break? We'll come back with John Van Sloten and talk more about God Speaks Science, what neurons, giant squid, and supernovae reveal about our Creator. You can find it. Just click, uh, click through today to today's information at chrisfabrylive.org. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. Our remaining moments with John Van Sloten, God Speaks Science, is the book, What Neurons, Giant Squid, and Supernovae, and Knees Reveal About Our Creator. And John, I was just telling our, our listeners, you know, what technology is just fascinating. It's like you and I are sitting right next to each other. We could be in the same studio, or at least it sounds like that, and then the technology <laughs> doesn't continue, and we have a, a struggle there. So continue with knees. What, this, this very, uh, this, what God has created, what did you find out about knees that just fascinated you? All right. Well, I'm not sure where we dropped our connection, but... Uh... Yeah, basically knees are, uh, in terms of bony structure, one of the weakest joints in the body, yet because of all of the soft tissue around them, one of the most capable joints in the body. So in the quote-unquote weakness of this joint, there is great strength in terms of our ability to play soccer and, 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 and jump and pivot and walk and, and do all that our knees enable us to do. So for that message, I, I kind of focused on God's wisdom through weak things, right, to accomplish uh, unimaginable things in our lives, but also talked about the uh, surgeon uh, who helped me uh, understand the nature of the knee and her capacities to heal and how she, as a healer, imaged God through her deep knowledge of the joint, her great appreciation of its complexity, through her innate ability to to do arthroscopic surgery and, and and to learn what she learned through her two PhDs and and how that is reflective of the healing power of God and yet not even close to the true scope of God's healing power. And so, yeah, drew those connections and a few more. Um, uh, but yeah, I remember during that sermon, I had everyone stand up at one point and, <laughs> and everyone in the room was able to do that, including her six patients who heard about the sermon and, and came as well. And and after hearing about sort of the God's wisdom in a knee, it, it made standing up different. And if, if we were to carry, you know, the thought of the createdness in our knees with us, with every walk, you know, what, what increased sense of the presence of Christ might result. Yes. So really every breath, we could just go to what the lungs provide. And anybody yeah. who's had pneumonia, you know what a struggle it is, or COVID, uh, what a struggle it is to 
to live without the right amount of oxygen coming into your body. You can go to there. You can go to radiation therapy. That's the very first chapter, radiation therapy and the empirical mind of God. Was there something that in the research and in the chapters and the messages that you were creating that came to you that you had no idea was out there that was just like the light bulb went on for you and you couldn't believe that you got to to write about this? Yeah. Um, radiation therapy, that who, who picks that topic, right? But a lady who was being treated uh, uh, for cancer after a service on another topic said, you should preach on these machines that are get, doing radiation therapy treatment on me right now. And I, I well, a lady's dying of cancer. <laughs> sure. Um, but then that week, a friend called who was visiting from the other side of Canada and wanted to go for coffee. And I knew he was a scientist of some sort, had no idea that he was the one of the preeminent medical physicists in the world and literally wrote five textbooks on radiation physics and <laughs> just got the gold medal for the top medical physicist in the world, <laughs> called me and wanted to go for coffee. And so I, I took that message from God and we met and... Uh, and he taught me about how radiation physics and therapy, uh, how its capacity to see the tumor uh, was very rudimentary at the beginning, x-rays, and then it went to th 2D. First it was 2D, then it was 3D, then it was CT scans, then it was this other kind of scan, and then it was 4D and 5D when they're taking into account timing and a person's breathing and moving as they're turning off and on the radiation beam and taking into account people's genetic makeup now. This idea of this realm of science seeing with ever more clarity the nature of the problem so that it can treat it more effectively and not damage as much healthy tissue around the tumor it was astonishing to think of that coming from the mind of God, um, our capacity to see what God clearly sees. God sees more clearly than we ever could. But to an effect, a healing, to affect a healing that 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 is more and more precise and only deals with the, the broken thing, the sin, um, without mm. damaging the whole body, the rest of all God's good creation. Hugely compelling uh, point for me. And yet, and yeah, you, your was, friend, your friend who was in the bed, who was t telling you this, her prognosis was not real, you know. And, and you, so science can only go so far with with that healing, right? Right, right. So, I mean, months later, uh, maybe nine or ten months after, I preached the sermon and. And I was sitting at her bedside in a hospital, and the the, the treatment was ineffective, right? And she was uh, at the door of death, and and uh, you know I'm a pastor, right? So I she wasn't communicating then. The friend was there, um, was able to pray uh, for her, um, but it was a strange prayer. Thinking back to it, uh, I pr I prayed for her like you would expect. Um, for God to keep her, to take her hand, um, to give her peace uh, in this moment, in this transition. But I also thanked God for the gift of a hospital, 
and uh, all of Western medicine is born out of Jesus's call to his church to take care of the sick. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you can draw a line from the hospital in our city right back through the development of medicine uh, over the last 2,000 years and see its roots in the Christian church, that yes. we started hospitals. We, we started doing science because we wanted to know more of who God is through creation, and then we did medicine. Um, to heed Jesus's call to heal the sick. And so I'm praying for her and saying thank you to God for the machines that are beeping around us, which all came about through the call of God and the wisdom of God through science. Val says this on, on Facebook, gentle morning sun on my face. This is what she um, is, makes her feel awe. The warmth feels like he, God, is holding my face in his hands. And there you have that perfect feel, you know, the, 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 the inner feeling and the, the truth about the sun's warmth and who put it there in the first place that all comes together. I think that's a good way to end our conversation here with that, the gentle morning sun on the face of Val and the, the face of the Son of God who wants to warm everyone's heart you know, it with with his love and with his mercy and with his grace and the lengths to which he went to do that. Yeah, took on a human body, right? Was fully God and fully man. Uh, and you talk about light. I I think of the nature of light, right? And we still haven't figured it out. Is it a particle or is it a wave? And it's the answer is yes. <laughs> um, so every I think about the particle wave nature of light. When I think about the light of the world, uh, who is Christ as revealed through the scriptures, that Jesus had everything to do with light. Um, he is the light and he spoke it into being. Yeah. So what she's feeling is what he has spoken to her. And in him is no darkness. This is, we, <laughs> you know, when you I go. say every time uh, we, we just scratch the surface of this, and I really mean that when we uh, talk about your book today, John, we just scratch the surface of this, but I hope we're giving folks just a taste of what's in God Speaks Science, what neurons, we didn't get to giant squid either, and supernovae mm -hmm. reveal about our creator. You'll have to come back. We'll talk about it again. Thank you for your work. Thanks for diving into this, doing a deep dive, and come back and see us, okay? Yeah, my pleasure. Again, the featured resource today is God Speaks Science by John Van Sloten, S-L-O-T-E-N. Been a great pleasure to have him with us today and a great pleasure to have you come alongside us as well. Thanks a lot for uh, telling other folks about the podcast. They can hear this program again. Find out more information right there at the website, chrisfabrylive.org. And don't forget the uh, featured gift this month, Saving Grayson, would love to send you a copy of that. Find out more at the website and how you can support us at chrisfabrylive.org. I got somebody I want you to meet tomorrow, Brian. He's got a hard story, but at the same time, it's a real redemptive story. You'll hear it tomorrow right here on Chris Fabry Live, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Mm -hmm.